Welcome to Bitstorm, a comedy game design podcast by two guys who know nothing about comedy nor game design. I'm Ben Slinger, and with me as always is Trevor Scott. Hello. I believe we're doing something a little bit different for the first episode of the year, 2021. That's right. We did not do our Game of the Year episode this year, so this is our Game of Last Year episode. Oh, golly. Yes, it's the golly. It is hopefully our new annual tradition of the first yep, episode of, of each year will be the Game of Last Year awards. That's right. So, so the way this is going to work is uh, we have the Game Award nominees in front of us and we are going to select some of the nominees from across the categories and uh, essentially reimagine those games based on their titles as brand new games. Yes. We're going to pitch them as uh, a completely different game with the same title as the game you probably know and love. Yeah. Uh, what we've done in the past is we've we've usually taken our usual format and, and sort of said that this is a game of the year or, or we've taken audience suggestions. This year we thought let's do something a little bit differently and grab yep. from the game of the year. So this is the game of last year awards, the golly awards. Let's get into let's it. Do it. Ben, you choose first. It's the game of last year. So yeah, my first selection is Tell Me Why. Uh, this was a game by Don't Nod, uh, who did the Life is Strange series and uh, a few others. And, uh, yeah, look, I played, I haven't played all the way through it, but I played a bunch of this game. I haven't played it, uh, so- It was really cool. Ho- and stop me if if I start it's getting it. <laughs> on Xbox Game Pass, so no excuses. <laughs> uh, I don't think, I don't think you will accidentally come up with the plot of this game, so. So, this is a narrative adventure where the only- input that you have to the game is you can ask the character that you're talking to tell me why so are you saying you play a five-year-old um (laughs) why 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 no you're an investigator and your 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 greatest weapon is getting people to tell you why all right i i don't think we, I don't know that we need to limit it all the way down to, like, that's literally the only thing you can say, like, from a gameplay perspective. But I do like the idea of someone who, like, their investigative technique is not to, like, necessarily find evidence and, like, make the connections. It's getting people to open up and say, here's why I did something. Yeah. Okay. So, maybe, you know, his introduction to, to the investigation side of things is he'll listen to a story. And then that's when you get to press a button. Whenever, whenever you want to, you know, you can, you can ask more into into something. And he goes, "Hmm, tell me why you thought this, or tell me why you thought that." And you can sort of pick out certain things within the um within the narrative structure. So this investigator obviously comes from a psychology background because yep. I feel like it's very much along the lines of. So how does that make you feel? Yes. Uh- <laughs> well, I I would love to see like a, a psychologist come at like investigating crimes and investigating more things from you know he's a private investigator but he's coming at it from more of a like insightful insightful yeah yeah so he can sort of he can sort of see when someone's you know trying to hide hide you know, truths and that mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Or or when someone's, you know, a little bit confused and has, has seen something the wrong way. So, you can sort of, you know, delve deeper into the psychological sort of things within these people. So, okay. I, I'm trying to think of this from a mechanical point of view because I like the general idea. Uh, but obviously, you know, just having an infinitely branching conversation because you can interrupt at any time is technologically difficult. So, I wonder if this is more along the lines of kind of how um, the Walking Dead games, I think, were one of the earlier ones where just saying nothing was an option in your dialogue trees. That this mm-hmm. is an even more boiled down version of that where it is, there are certain moments in the conversation where you can either let them continue to speak or you can interrupt. Yeah. To, like, ask more questions. And so, in some cases, you very much want to let them speak because you're sort of like, okay, this is going to- you know, they're, they're going to continue down this path and they're going to tell me more about this. But, you know, if they start going in a direction you don't want them to go in or they start hesitating or, 
they start tangenting, tangenting you know, where they, yeah, or they start they go getting on a angry or they like the emotion, you know, different things change. So essentially, you know, we'd have these, these monologues almost that are branching based on the points where you are able to interrupt and, Ooh. and, and like say, okay, you tell me, but tell me why, like, tell me what's going on there. It could be, it could be a fairly simple, you know, sort of, sort of narrative thing. Yeah, I, I kind of like the idea of, of seeing this psychologist who who has gone through like some pretty horrible stuff and the reason why they they're now a now a um PI rather than a psychologist is maybe because of like a, a prior patient that sort of they got a little bit too involved in and, and mm. you know, sort of messed them up a little bit in in the fact that, you know, this was a horrible person who told them all all things that like they had nightmares about and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And so some of this stuff can sort of bring back that that almost that psychological horror, if you know what I mean. Like it's it's you know, delving into stuff that he maybe doesn't want to talk about. I wonder if this is an interesting kind of replayable story where you can play a completely like standoffish um, just listen to their story and let them talk investigator. Yeah. Because you're too scared to, like, have it trigger your own stuff and bring up your own trauma. Yeah. Uh, and, and, like, so don't delve into that yourself. And that's a perfectly valid way to the get play the game. And I'm kind of picturing this is just a bunch of cases almost um, that you may or may not solve. And that doesn't necessarily mean, like, game over. It's just like, oh, well, here's how you did on that case. Uh, and, you know, you've got three to five of them, but they could play out very differently and then potentially affect the other ones down the line based on essentially how involved you get with that person. But, yes, we could try to still keep it to this sort of one button almost of, oh, well, here's somewhere I want to interject. Interrupt or don't. <laughs> yeah. And it's not always the tell me why. Sometimes it might be. Oh, like I How does relate- that make you feel? <laughs> or just, or even just like I relate to that. Like you kind of give them something back, and that's a you know that's an investigative and psychological technique, but also it's bringing things up in yourself, um, yeah. and that could kind of lead to you know how much of your own backstory and your own trauma you explore throughout the game. Hmm. So that was somewhat my idea. Did you have an idea for? Tell me no, why no, that- no, no, no. I, I didn't. I didn't have anything coming in, so that's fine. No, I like that. Um, yeah. yeah, I know. I, I would just like to see you know a different person coming into a into a you know a private investigator sort of role that isn't from like the detective side of side of things. You know, yeah. the um, the failed detective or the or the damaged detective who who goes you know goes solo. Yeah, no, no, someone, exactly. someone coming from a, from a from a personal point of view that they um. I see this very much as a bit of an introspective game, a bit of a. Uh, it's almost just a. It's, it's almost just a story that you're being told in the in a sort of choose your own adventure sort of way, where, yeah, you've you've just essentially you get the choice of how much to get involved or not. Yeah, and how much you get involved determines on how much. Of the personal story that you actually sort of you yeah. sort of get, and look, I think I think if you just don't do anything the whole time, you don't necessarily solve any or all of these cases. You might solve some of them. Some of them might actually, you know, depending on the type of person you're talking to, they might, you know, they might respond well to the silent judging look of a psychologist, uh, and they just spill the spill the beans without you doing anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I just saw in my head that that. You know the the quick mysteries from from Rick and Morty, where it's like, "There's a murder." Okay, I did, and here's the handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got one and short here's one. Another. <laughs> You've got one short one that literally, if you just do nothing, they confess to the whole thing within two and a half minutes, <laughs> and you get real like you get the props for it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I yeah, like that's, that. that's that's awesome. Cool. Okay, so I All guess right. it's my turn. Yeah, tell me. So, even though it didn't come out this year, I'm going to say Among Us. Yeah, well, it was on the- It was a nominee. It was a nominee for, for like- um, Impact, I, I think. Impact or- Yeah. Best multiplayer. Best multiplayer at one. Mm-hmm. So, 
even though it didn't come out last year, it actually came out, I think, the year before. Um, I, think it really it came, came, I think it was like 2018 yeah. or something, but yeah. So, it really, it really came to um, the forefront of everyone last year. Absolutely. So, I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a great game to, to sort of get into, but let's change the idea. Of course. We're only going by the title. So, Among Us... Which, I mean, is a little bit tricky because it's a fucking great title for what the game is. Yeah. Uh, with the whole imposter stuff. So, yeah, let's try to shift it a little bit different. Okay. So, it's a single player game. Uh-huh. Where you play basically an, an imposter of, of, a, of a, you know, sort of like a thing-like entity. And your whole thing is to try and, like make it through this narrative game while people are, are getting a little bit freaked out that, you know, some people are going missing and that sort of stuff. And effectively, you're you're trying to get off the planet. Okay. And hide yourself among among these um, these people without being detected. And when you get detected, you know, it, it sort of sets off some other narrative things that... Well, yeah, I wonder if, if to to move away from the tropes and, and the... the- inspiration there directly of something like the thing or among us itself if you are a benevolent or a friendly entity that is hiding amongst humans yep but but because they've all watched the thing recently (laughs) (laughs) well and i think because humans are inherently xenophobic and and you know if they see your true self then they're immediately going to try to kill it with fire but so it's a bit more, it's almost a stealth game. So you still need to eat. You still need to eat. And so your options are, and this this is, I think, one of those morality sort of things that, you know, in a short in a short sort of narrative game where you can either choose to, to go for the animals in the pen sort of thing, or you go for other crew members. Like- Can't, can't you just have like a, a hamburger? It needs to be raw <laughs> and it needs to be fresh. Fro- frozen meat isn't going to help. Isn't going to help because it's missing all those nutrients that you need from fresh blood. I don't know. I kind of like this more of you know because I mean that's very much the vampire narrative that we've sort of done before. Yeah, and I and I know I'm like blocking you here in a few different ways, but um, <laughs> I I kind of like this as a more almost a stealth game where. You have abilities. Yep. But those abilities involve you at least partially taking your troop form. Mm-hmm. And so, as you are sort of trying to, I don't know, whatever your goal is, maybe it's like get onto the ship first. Maybe you have found yourself in like a space station where, I don't know, the rest of your family stowed away, but you're the only one who survived the, you know, harsh blackness of space after trying to find your way somewhere on a cargo ship or something, you know, and you've taken the form of a human and now it's like, okay, okay I need to get somewhere safe. So, so is it sort of like the thing where you were frozen at first and then they unthawed you, an accident happened and you lash out and you accidentally kill a human and that's the human that you end up taking the form of? But from now on, you, you're basically, you're having to do their job and and try to, like, stay within the confines of, of this without, you know, otherwise it's like, oh, you know, this new doctor has all of a sudden turned up and- Well, it like, depends it- on how populated this, this place is, right? Like, I, I kind of like, I kind of want to move away <laughs> from the idea of, of the violence having occurred at all. And it's more just this story about this- person this thing who is completely alone at the moment to start off with they are trying to get to safety they may be i mean at some point they may need to like reveal themselves to someone but like how do you do that in such a way that it's going to be safe or that they're going to understand and so it's more of a kind of i'm almost picturing a hitman-esque situation where you're like walking through this space station it's like, okay, well, I'm going to need to get to the communications. Okay, so you're saying space station? It's in space, is it? Like I think it international starts, space I think station? Or? Start, I think more like in the future where like a space station is kind of like a bustling 
you know, like a Deep Space Nine kind of deal, right? Like there's a commerce deck and there's spaceships coming and going all the time. And mm-hmm. there's, you know, the section for uh, the crew and- Yeah, I was sort of seeing it on the planet, but but away from like Antarctica or something like that. I was seeing it more in in like a, a small town in, in like New Mexico or, or something a little bit dusty and remote, but- then it can branch out to it to like a bigger area in the later sort of we could sections. Start, so I mean, it just depends on how and how you want the story to go, and how and how they got there. I mean, it could be quite cool that you you start in like a what feels like a western sort of thing, you know, the saloon doors and all this sort of stuff. Mm. Only to when you get out of the saloon, you see a you know a spaceship, you know, just fly off into Very space. Very firefly sort of thing. vibe could be cool yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Look, okay, that that's kind of neat. But again, I think you kind of just because then you got that whole whole thing of getting off the planet first, and then getting out of the solar system, and then you know, yeah, you're trying to find like the rest of the people from your race or whatever yeah. family or, or something. So okay, I like that. I think you find yourself, uh, and maybe you, maybe you've forgotten how you got there, or maybe you don't know how you got there. You find yourself in this western town. I think initially. You aren't in human form. And so, there, is, there are these stealth aspects of looking around until you can find the right situation where you can, like, essentially touch someone or get a get a sample of their DNA or something. Yep. Or, I mean, it depends on how you exactly how your um, powers work in that way. But it could just be all technological in, in the fact that, you know, the batteries run out on your on your holographic projector. Oh, and yeah, therefore, okay. you've got to you've got to try and sneak back. To um, maybe it's after after like a you know a a one night stand sort of thing that you're sort of having to sneak out. Like- okay, actually, we could bring it a bit more comedic. Actually, instead of trying to go real serious with it, you know, he's he's, he's covering up. You know, his alien is. You know the face that's in his stomach with a with a dustpan lid and, and sort of <laughs> <laughs> running through this town and shit. <laughs> well, I'm so I had an idea then of like as a character creation sort of idea that you can take as long as you need to kind of go around this town and like scan people. And that adds like their features, potential features to your character creation. And then once you sort of get enough charge to actually reboot and recharge your holographic thing, like those are the selections you've got uh, basically to, to then mix and match between. Yeah. Because yeah, like- I think this is the first time you found yourself amongst humans, though. Okay, so is this a dude? Where's you? Where's my car? I sort was of thing. kind of thinking that. <laughs> in, in in that you you wake up on Earth and you're like, what the fuck is this place? <laughs> what are, what is this species? Why is my like? Oh my god! My- <laughs> I got what so drunk last, last night. night? <laughs> Oh, they made a carbon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my computer, my communicator is totally drained. So is my like holographic projector. Oh, what the fuck am I gonna do? Uh, and it's it's now all about from 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 a from an outsider's point of view. This alien is among us. Yeah, but. You know, it, as far as far as it's concerned, you know, it's just trying to get the fuck out of here. Like it, oh, it really doesn't want to be on Earth, and it wants to trace how it got here, and and what's actually happening. So yeah, I really like the way that we've we've taken this in in the fact that it could be a real fun, like, dude, where's my car sort of situation. When you finally get off the planet and you get up to the space station, then you got some more breadcrumbs that you're following on the space station. Yeah, because- you're like you got to get to like the the logs, the long range sensor logs or something, and and like track down the specific signature of your you know envoy ship or whatever. And yeah, uh, yeah, I think like when you're on Earth, it's like okay, I need to find some way to charge up my communicator and my holographic thing. And then once you're able to charge a communicator, it's like, uh, and like your own Dude, sensors, where's my it's like, shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, how the it fuck do I get off here? All right, I, I'm going to, I'm actually going to have to be a human to get onto like a tour, like a, a public transit ship, essentially. Um, and so it's like finding enough, to, you know, it's enough to know about how the ticketing system <laughs> works on these things. And you have to earn some money to get a ticket or something. Like it's yeah. these step by step to yeah get to the next stage. 
Oh, I really love this. Like, this is really cool. <laughs> and so different from what Among Us really is. It's not about the killing oh, yeah. or anything like that. It's it's literally about That's it, how yeah. you as an alien, you know, get get off this planet and the sort of the bender that you had. And, you know, it could be that typical hangover sort of situation that, yeah. you know, you're, you're on your buck's turn and you've got to get back in time and you've got a time limit then, like, of you need to get yeah. back- whether it's whether it's mechanically or narratively, but yeah, yeah. I think you yeah you've got this this time pressure. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. I really like you, that. You, you you know what I would love as as like the final sort of scene when you get back. You know your your character who's been sort of bumbling along the way and is like, oh sir, you're back. And you go to your coronation, you're getting crowned king of the universe. <laughs> king of the universe. <laughs> or king of the galaxy or something like that. Yeah, like, yeah. You know. I thought you were just going to king of your species, but it's like, no, nah, king of the entire universe. <laughs> it's and like- my first decree... Destroy Earth. Those <laughs> My are first gross. decree: Let's bring Earth into into the galactic, oh, universal federation, <laughs> federation of galaxies, <laughs> the federal universal collection of something starting with a K. So, what I think it actually comes out of is the fact that you were celebrating your your win. Um, you know the. You've been elected, yeah. It's like yeah, it's, you've been elected. Like it's, it's yeah, it's um, your inauguration, sort of like, not your not your coronation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. inauguration because yeah, you've you've been voted by by all the different planets. Yep, they 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 sent their electors, and you know, <laughs> yeah, the electoral college may, you know did the thing, and even though, and it turns out actually, you're like a horrible dictate dictatorial person, and. All the different uh, areas are completely <laughs> gerrymandered to your favour. <laughs> no, we've just we've just spent all this time. It turns out that you were on Earth because you wanted, you wanted to bring the, you wanted to bring them into into the Federation uh, because you know you know that they'd all vote you know Republican uh, uh, essentially. Yep. <laughs> all right, three, two, one. Next thing. <laughs> all right, so. Um, my next one is a game that I've quite enjoyed and a lot of people have quite enjoyed and I think a lot of people were upset this didn't actually win game of the year and my game is Hey D's Nuts Hades <laughs> Yeah now obviously that lends itself towards you know Greek mythology from a beginning but maybe let's not Okay so a lot of the Greek mythology and that sort of stuff, a lot of these sort of things like Jupiter and that sort of stuff became celestial bodies. I like the idea that basically Hades is the name of a planet. Okay. And, I think I think so, Ju- I think Jupiter was the Roman version, right? Okay. But yes. Well yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, basically it's from another galaxy sort of thing and they they were running out of roman gods so they started going into the into the greek gods or it's a world or it's just a world where the romans didn't have that influence and to to like co-opt exactly. the greek the greek gods and so yeah they used their theirs instead yeah so i i kind of like the idea that it's sort of like this this planet called hades and it's it's basically about the goings on 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 this on this planet and wh- whether you can Bring in some, you know, more underworldy sort of stuff. Sorry, I just, I just looked it up because I was like, "What is the Roman version of Hades?" It's apparently Pluto. So now I kind of love the idea of, of like they got downgraded from being a planet. It's <laughs> 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 just like totally pissed off. <laughs> yep. Okay, we can go with that. <laughs> that is kind of cool. Okay, so it's this, it's this alternate universe where Hades was Pluto. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's, it's been turned into a dwarf planet, like, and... And so the actual god Hades... The god Hades is like, oh, so now all these all these kids aren't going to know about me. So he goes on, on like, on a quest to to sort of change... change <laughs> a teaching um, tour. <laughs> NASA's mind to whatever NASA is called Either in Either that... Or he goes on a quest to increase the mass of Pluto to the point that it reaches the threshold of being a planet. 
Okay, or of, that's, of that's, Hades, I should say. That's that's also kind of cool. Like he he actually sort of goes there a la oh, um, well, a satisfactory style game and is and is trying to bulk up the um yeah bulk but, up. but with human souls like <laughs> he's like well fuck this instead of storing them all down here in the underworld we'll f- we're going to go up to Hades the planet and that's where the <laughs> new underworld go- <laughs> my namesake that's where the new underworld is going to be and by the once we get enough souls up there, the planet will you know increase in mass enough that they'll it'll have to be a planet again. And then okay. I actually I like the idea though of it being a satisfactory style game, but dealing with souls like that's yeah. fucking cool. <laughs> Basically, you've got you've got that that sort of thing on the on the planet that maybe you're working on Pluto, this ice world, to sort of convert souls into energy and that yeah. can help like increase the mass of mass of the planet and and effectively you're trying to build up the planet because um souls seem to expand like the the size of the size yeah of i think and- it's well i mean you've got trillions of them right because of all the people who have died over the centuries and, and millennia so <laughs> yeah all right so how does this work so i feel like there's some central source at least initially of souls that are coming from the underworld on earth okay first of all how fast does sunlight take to get from the sun to pluto um uh distance pluto distance from sun in light years and no not sun with an (laughs) s-o-n Uh, it's about four to six light hours away, depending on where it is in its el- highly elliptical orbit. Yeah. So, I love that sort of like after someone dies, you've got four to six hours to sort of um, in game time to, to sort of set up t- the um, the actual contraption to, to take in the next the next lot of souls lot of and souls. that sort of stuff. So, it's sort of like a continuous thing of- I do kind of like the idea of it coming in as a, a batch- so maybe it's it is to do with the light, uh, how the distance, but it's also to do with like it's highly elliptical orbit. There's only one point where it's like at the right point in its orbit compared to Earth or something that you can blast a bunch of souls to it, and yeah, they <laughs> they essentially you've got like a collector there on Pluto on Hades, <laughs> which. Uh, which you then you have to distribute them then in some way and use utilize them in different ways and so you've got yep. you know a soul to heat converter or something and you've got ways to so how are souls trans um, transported? I initially thought um, pipes of some sort like they're almost a liquid or a gas. Yeah, I, I think they're definitely gaseous, but of course it's so cold on Hades that they they kind of turn back into the, back into that liquid sort of state, like mm-hmm. they haven't. Like so, when they when they come down to to Hades, they turn back into like liquid state. So yes, you're having to pipe them places until you get to the point where you're actually able to then increase the mass and therefore increase like you've essentially the, terraformed um, the planet. Yeah, you, you're effectively terraforming the planet. The area that you're around, like the ice, starts to melt, and you start yeah. to see that there's actually you know rocky, previous life and rocky sort yeah. of stuff that. And you can effectively start terraforming the whole thing and and building it up into into this new paradise. But yeah. the whole thing's powered off of souls. <laughs> off of souls, yeah, totally. I yeah, I really like that. And so as you build, you're essentially having to. I think you get to the point where it's like, oh, we can upgrade our you know soul transmission, so the you get bigger packets of souls coming through, um, <laughs> and and then having to you know, upgrade your capacity of your outgoing pipes from that so that they can handle it. Because I think you get, you know, you get a pressure level on the pipes or something and they can explode and cause problems if you haven't set them up right. So, is there is there a point where you find out that, like, souls are not supposed to be used this way? Like, they originally they were supposed to just dissipate and these souls are actually feeling everything you're doing to them? So it's sort of like one of these things where, <laughs> you know, the satisfactory people have actually been sort of saying the amount of crap that um, that's actually going on on this planet, like this, uh, the Fix It Company are actually pretty evil, and they're oh yeah, there's definitely, and I think it is, it's certainly intentional to a certain degree in satisfactory of you are just 
strip mining this place for its resources and in the end it's just covered in concrete. Yeah. Uh, this sort of, this, you know, tropical paradise, essentially. So, I love the idea that, you know, you you sort of, you spend all this time building it up and you built up to a certain, to a certain point that it's all self-sufficient, that now trying to tear it down becomes very- um, Oh, yeah. You know, sort of knowing where, where to strike first and- and do you, so you just, get- do you get the odd like demigod showing up to like bring their you know sister back from the what what, what would have been the underworld, but they have now travel to the fucking outermost planet of the solar system? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh god, what? Why did Hades do this? Like it was so easy to get to get our demigods back. I know we past. just like went into the subway and went down the special hole and. Now we got to fucking become an astronaut. <laughs> I know there's just something there's something about that that you know a satisfactory styled. I love it. Sort of I, game where I you're mean, terraforming and actually bringing this place to life. So you're almost doing the opposite of what you what you're doing is satisfactory, where you where yeah. you're trying to actually promote life on this on this. But the problematic planet. thing comes from the resource you're using to do it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the idea that you can like click on a pipe and you get names flying by. All the going the pipe. Um, I wonder though if we can make it. Maybe they don't get consumed. Maybe this is a situation where it's like, uh, you know, the reason matter. why you need more to to do it is because these souls are now having to power more and more and more. So yeah, that- like they and and they go. I mean, I mean, and maybe they dissipate and. And, and in fact, maybe that's part of why what's being terraformed is essentially you're 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 using them to power your stuff and to change things. But then, sort of when they when they're done, they just like uh, dissipate into the atmosphere, and that's what's actually terraforming the atmosphere in that way. But you know, they're able to, under the right circumstances, like reform back into the soul, you know, the spirit that they were. They're just sort of scattered amongst the uh, you know the atmosphere. Then, yeah. So that you sort of, you're creating this situation where, yeah, you're not, you're not like literally destroying souls, but you are like manipulating them to your own, you know, needs. I I think, I think when you finally get to the, get to that point in the story where everything is sort of, you know, um, the planet Hades is now seen as, you know, a planet again, it's actually grown you know, heavy enough and all this sort of stuff. But then you realise that, you know, the souls themselves are actually, they're in pain, effectively. They're feeling everything that you're doing to them. So, you're now trying to bring it down. And now you're, you know, the security system- You're almost reversing things. That you've now got to try and reverse things, but you now- Either that or that's the next phase is that now you start having to replace- all of your soul-powered stuff with, like, a more, like, g- green <laughs> energy, like a, an alternate energy source, and then you're, build- and then you're building things to, but like- But the, ulti- the ultimate energy source is actually Hades himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking, because then, then you've got, like, a whole other tier of, of production then of, well, now we've got things that, like, suck the souls out of the atmosphere- condense them back into, you know, their previous form and spit them out, you know, and, and, and send them on their way or whatever or put them into packaging systems that get shipped back to Earth or, I don't know, yep. like, whatever you're doing with these souls. And and the goal is to eventually get soul neutral, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's, your, that's your real I love game. It. I love it. Soul neutral. <laughs> All right, give me your next one. Phasmophobia. Ooh, I didn't even see this one on the list, but- Best debut game. Nice. The best debut game created by a new independent studio. So, Phasmophobia actually is a great name for a game, but it could mean a lot of different things. Well, and I think, you know, the, the game itself is very similar to some of the stuff we were talking about, in part inspired by that game- over the past, uh, like, well, recent episodes where we've done quite a few on, you know, interactions with ghosts and that sort of thing. So, yeah. I think this is the opportunity to figure out a completely different uh, yeah. uh, direction. 
Now, okay, but phasmophobia, phasm itself means an extra extraordinary appearance or an apparition or a vision or a phantom. Yep. So to be phobic of that Mm -hmm. uh, is this instead of specifically ghosts, is it uh, like a phobia of sort of some sort of hallucination or some sort of. Yeah. I, I, I think that this is sort of, I like the idea of setting it in a sci-fi setting. That maybe mm-hmm. it's um, far future, you're alone on, like, the International Space Station and you start, like, or hallucinating. Pl- and Do you play a stormtrooper who's really afraid of, of Phasma, Captain Phasma? Of Captain Phasma, yeah. Yeah. That is kind of cool, too. It's actually a Star Wars game. <laughs> I found out something cool about Captain Phasma the other day. Did you? Is it Her armour- Okay. Is actually made from you know you know in episode oh episode one and two how they had that like mirror ship. Yep, it's that same stuff. It's that same stuff, but it was a, a ship owned by Emperor Palpatine that it was made from. Of course, from it was. From, from a Naboo, um, <laughs> like right. Mirror because cruiser. Star Wars can't have any little detail that's not connected to one other major plot point or person. Oh, of course not. <laughs> but that's actually kind of cool that, like, yeah. that that stuff is, you know, the reason why it's so shiny is because it's from that Naboo. Yeah, sure. That, that makes sense. <laughs> but um, maybe let's not go with the Star Wars thing. Let's yeah. go. Let's go with a with a far future. But you can you can change it up a, a little bit. No, no, I like more that. than hallucinations and. Okay, so maybe this is a, is a situation of like space sickness or something, like being alone or like, yeah, like. Yeah. Afraid of, of things on this space station that you aren't sure are real or not. You're having these hallucinations. Yeah. Uh, I think what's actually happened is you were in contact with Earth, mm-hmm. but then there was a media storm. And for the last 20 days, you have had no contact with anyone else mm-hmm. because they are, they are still sending help up. And you got to this point where you don't know, is this, like, space sickness slash space madness? You know, you're, you're starting to hear things. Uh, you're starting to- yeah, okay. I like that you're questioning, where, like, so you've, you finally start getting signal again from someone. You can be. But, but you don't real? know if it's real or not. So, it's this real paranoia setting in of, yeah, you, you get sort of, you see- Symptoms of of you know the, pos- the possibility or whatever it was. I, I, that that word has come into my brain. I seem to hang on hypoxia. I like the idea and look, uh, this conditioned a- where the body or region is deprived of adequate oxygen supply. Yeah. So I love the idea of hypoxia sort of coming into it. That you know, are, are you actually going through some sort of you know? Segments of the brain sort of dying yeah. and that sort of stuff. Here's the setup that, I, that I'm thinking. And this isn't particularly innovative. There are a, a number of games no, kind, kind sure. of like this, but it's a good setup. You're, it's, it's day 20 yeah. after with no communication. You've got- All you've got is like your little kind of AI, AI droid-ish sort of thing, right? Is on the ship. That's who mm-hmm. you've been talking to this whole time. They're not actually very intelligent, but you've, you know, in a very Wilson-like way, uh, mm. you know, given them a, a lot of depth yourself. <laughs> but something <laughs> happens and, yeah, like the life support goes off and you are without oxygen for, you know, whatever the maximum amount of time is that is complete brain damage. Your little Wilson goes and fixes it and, like, revives you because that's part of their programming they're, you know, they're essentially this emergency bot and you've, you're like, and tells you like, you know, you were without oxygen for seven minutes. You know, you, you make sure to check for, <laughs> you may experience lack of whatever. Uh, but then immediately- and, But from then on, you, you're you, experiencing shit well then, that- Yeah, but I think you don't make it obvious, right? It's like you immediately regain contact with Earth. Like that 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 evening, like like very soon after you're revived, and 
then you, you start getting conversations and they're like telling you how to fix things or like telling you how to get this back up and running or whatever. But it starts, they start giving you like weird instructions and basically you're creating a paranoia in the player yeah. of, wait, am I imagining this whole thing? Like, is this all in my head? Yeah. You know, maybe they go out, you know, you can't contact them. You question something and they say, don't worry about that. Just do it. And and it's sort of like they, they push back on any, any time that you question something and it's sort yeah. of like- you, sir, are, are an officer of, of, you know, NASA. You must not question authority sort of thing. And you, you're putting it back that, you know, you must follow orders blindly. And, yeah. and some of these orders don't seem right. But what I like, so <laughs> I think what it turns out being is that actually you're fine. But what's happened is there's been like a coup or something on Earth and uh, a, a, you know, rogue faction has taken over NASA and they're trying to get you- to you know, set up start this. World War Three sort of thing. Yeah, like to to like set up something in a way that's going to let them take control of like the freaking lasers that are in orbit that will allow them to just have complete control of the planet. Um, but yeah, it's it's this thing of it, it's not obvious, and you're you have this thing in the back of your mind the whole time, like at is what is real, you know? Yeah, and and I think with. With the idea that because you've gone through 20 days of not being able to speak to anyone and and sort of being in that isolation in that tiny little little spacecraft. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could, you could imagine a minute of sitting there with nothing to do. Imagine 20 days of that, let alone, you know, let alone a minute. Like, that would, you know, start driving anyone insane. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Maybe you give them a day. Maybe you give them a day to start, and like obviously you don't do it a day in in real time or even in in realistic sort of scaled time. But you let them see that it's it's literally like okay, like you, you get a dispensed food ration and eat that, and then it's like it time lapses forward like seven hours and you've just got literally nothing to do. You're just completely insane. And like maybe shows you these, you know, a moment that you might try to have a conversation with Wilson, but uh, like- It doesn't respond. It doesn't respond. It doesn't actually have AI in it to that point where it can talk to you. It's it's a tool. It's a tool. <laughs> but just to sort of demonstrate like, here's where this character is at at this point. And then, yeah, yeah, something happens to the then trigger off the life support thing and, and lead to the next part. Uh, yeah. That's cool. And then, you know, how your Wilson character gains at least a little bit of sentience. It turns out that it hasn't. It's actually, you know, it's following along with its programming and then it's, like, been hijacked to actually respond. Yeah, basically. I like that. They, they've sent up a, a, a virus, essentially, to take control of- of Wilson and, and gaslight you basically yep. to like make you think, uh, you know, that you're doing the right thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that could be really quite interesting. I think you would have to put a trigger warning on it for people who have like been manipulated emotionally because oh, yeah. that's harsh. But, uh, but from a narrative point of view, that's, that could be really interesting. Okay. I reckon there's time for one more each. Yeah. All right. My next one. <sighs> I'm choosing between two here. Um, well, here you go. I've got a coin, so I'm going to flip a coin because I just happen to be playing with one. Heads is the first one. All right. It's Tails. So this is another one that's on Xbox Game Pass. So if you haven't played it, check it out. I've played it a little. Spiritfarer. No, I didn't even know that this one. What did it win? Uh, it was nominated for maybe Best Indie or something, I think. Uh, Games for Impact, it was nominated. Um, and for Best Indie. Yeah. So, uh, for those who don't know, including Trevor, the actual game, and not to go too deep, and again, I haven't played it that much, so I don't know, but you essentially play someone who is sort of in the afterlife world kind of thing. Uh, okay. And you are building up your ship that goes from place to place, uh, like a boat. Okay. Bringing on different spirits who are, I think, often people you knew in your previous life. And sort of, it sort of gives you some backstory about who you were before this. Uh, yep. And it's a bit of a, 
maybe a bit of sort of a bit of Metroidvania-ish slash Stardew Valley-ish because you can build like you can build all these different things on your boat, like gardens and houses for the different people. Is it kind of similar to a Raft then? If you've seen that, not quite because that Raft is much more of a survival, survival, like a more yeah. of a traditional survival thing. This is more. Yeah, sort of closer to Stardew Valley where it's- But it, but you're building all the stuff on your boat. Um, yep. It's got a nice little build system where you can just like- You just build upwards. Um, and it's a it's a side-scroller platformer, so it's- Oh, nice. Um, yeah. But obviously, we're not going to um, no. use the actual game itself. Sometimes it's good to, good, good to know where we're coming from and then yeah. go Spiritfarer. So, this is all about Sharon. Ferrying people across that. <laughs> the river we sticks. Did, we did that I, one. And I realise that we've done that. Um, yeah, but I know I, I, I kind yeah. of do like the idea of it's it. It's sort I of mean, like fair, like spirit fairer. Definitely made me think of like the public transit system for ghosts. Yep. Yeah. Uh, now, is that how they get around? Just to all their hauntings or you know is it how they um okay what what i kind of like is earth as we know it is is like you know one plane of existence and and when you die maybe you go into this other plane of existence so you know the hell on earth sort of scenario is more the fact that you know in this in this dimensional plane yeah hell is other people basically Mm-hmm. In this, when you when you cross over, like effectively, you're now living in this same built world, but you have no control over how it's built. Effectively, you're just having right. to react. But all the other spirits are there. Yeah, yeah. There's no interaction between between the worlds. It's just yeah, you know, effectively, the public transit system and all this sort of stuff that you that you go around and and you know. Effectively, God is you know in this huge tower sort of thing that is has been built in um in New York City or whatever it is, and it's basically at the top of the Empire State Building or whatever the tallest yeah. building is there, and you know I, okay okay I, I'm getting some interesting vibes from this. I you can take it. Eddie. I don't know. Like you can take yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. I like that. I like that. Uh, I like the idea of just from a visual standpoint in a game having. Being able to see the entire physical plane of existence with all the people and stuff, but using shaders and colors and stuff that it's very dulled out and in the background and you almost completely ignore it. So, you're just constantly like walking straight through people and you get to the point in the game where it's like you barely even notice you're doing it because you're you're sort of the way the game has, has, you know, um, done its shading and colors is you mostly just see your plane. Yeah, and obviously the buildings and the physical stuff is all generally in the same is all generally in the same spot, except for anything that's been created in this spirit world. Ooh, because there's nowhere for spirits to go. Basically, there's no afterlife. There's no nothing. This is this is all they've got. Yeah. Basically, there are so many people here that any time that someone dies in in a house and that sort of stuff, they basically they kind of have to end up moving into that house. And, you know, finding spaces to, yeah. to actually sleep and all that sort of stuff. And if if this property's been around a long time, like, you could actually see, you know, hundreds of people in, in this one building all trying to find, like, a little spot for them to to sort of sleep that isn't yeah. well, when interfering you said, with other when people. When you said God was up in his, like, high tower, I definitely started thinking, like, oh, okay. So, most of the world is essentially ghost slums. Because yep. they have nowhere to go. They're just forced, you know, into these houses and stuff. But I think there is this, like, upper class of, you know, spirit, whether it's God or whoever is yeah. running the spirit, you know. Where, yeah, they all live in, like, the top of all the towers and they've got these huge apartments that they're not sharing with anyone. They're essentially the 1% and you've got, you know, a, a whole- Everyone you know, else in- that has ever died is basically like- Is down on the ground crawling over each other, essentially trying to, to you know, fight for the scraps um, and they can't die again. So, they're just miserable. And the scraps being like, it, it basically- 
the only thing that happens if you don't get like the ghost sustenance as, as it were like you know is you start to become sort of emaciated and you get that that real thin gaunt sort of thing well but- and that ter- almost that classic ghost look of that kind of yeah that creepy bony looking ghost but it's yeah it's literally like those ghosts are because the fucking because god's not giving enough sustenance to the people <laughs> i like that a lot all right yeah I, so I, I think the story then is of someone who they die and you know sort of obviously find out about this situation and then the story is them essentially trying to like rally the populace to a revolution basically to take down the the one percent who is who is yeah. you know ruling who over pre- everyone who are still oppressing after all the all this time they're basically still oppressing everyone else yeah but interestingly it's not necessarily the same people like if you're if you're one of the one percent when you're alive that doesn't you know you've got your that influence doesn't come over there's no. a different currency in the in the afterlife whatever that is this is basically you know the god as such you know the the self-proclaimed god and his and his denizens of angels and that sort of stuff that sort yeah. of have taken taken the um yeah you find out that they're just they're just people who have like seized the source of you know ectoplasm or whatever or whatever it is that that ghosts need to survive and and are hoarding it in the same way that Capitalism but, hoards. I mean, money. I mean, what what you could actually what you could actually find out is they closed the gates to the actual afterlife. Oh, so there actually is somewhere to go. There is somewhere to go. It's just that they were they were closed off because they they wanted to capitalize on, like they yeah. liked they liked yeah. what they what they were seeing, and they've sort of they've- <laughs> or it's <laughs> or it's like half built. There was like a previous administration, essentially. There was previous people in it power was, where it was, was much never more- meant to um to house this many people. Yeah, yeah, and sort of, it, and they just but they haven't they, put they took all the funds. All the funds required. <laughs> yeah. They haven't put resources into infrastructure. And so, too many people are, are making use of this planet, essentially. And and then when you, when you do finally- That's um, actually what Mars was built for. <laughs> when you do finally open it all up to cross over, then it just becomes the good place, effectively. <laughs> right. <laughs> that you can choose to leave and, and, choose, and choose to end. Yeah, it actually lets you, like, you know, control your, your environment and that sort of thing. Yeah. It's coming back to an idea that we did actually have in the past where ghosts have been held on the planet involuntarily and then finally, you know, they sort of get released when when they stop this technology. Remember was that was with all, the, like, the city? It was all about, was all about um, mobile phones and, and all the technology interfering with the whole thing and that's what oh, actually okay. caused ghosts. I don't remember that one, but it's, this I is do. different enough. <laughs> yeah, different enough. Okay, so it looks like I've got to choose my last one. Yeah. Last one of the episode, I think. And I wasn't sure. I did have an idea. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for grounded. Oh, okay. Yep. Uh, this was a. This, this could just be a joke one, and it could be over in like two seconds. And it's all about a a young, like slightly preteen who just got grounded by his parents, and it's just him sitting in his room. No toys. Well, that, I like that as a <laughs> that that could be an interesting little single room narrative adventure. Yeah, actually, you're a teenager who has been grounded, and you're having to like find ways to either communicate with your friends or escape, or you know whatever, or both. Yeah, you've like <laughs> it's things like you've got they let you have your phone, but they've turned the Wi-Fi off, and they know that you're out of credits or something, or you're out of like data. And so, mm-hmm. it's ways of, like, finding an old SIM card or something <laughs> or- <laughs> But you know what? I'm, I'm going to call that a joke one. And okay. the real one that we're going to go go with is Ghost of Tsushima. Okay. It's a very ghosty episode. There are, like, yes. ghost yes. games. Um, but that's um, all right. In this case, Have because we don't know what Tsushima is, I'm thinking that Ghost of Tsushima is is- Basically, it's a sushi cooking game. Um, it's very. It is kind of hard to say. So yeah, um, we can rename it uh, 
ghost of sashimi yep and uh it's and is this what happens to the fish after they like no no, no no so i i think you are being taught a la you know i think this is a vr a VR mm. sort of thing where you've you've just opened up a sushi restaurant that your your granddad, you know, started. Yep. And as you as you go to start making it, your granddad actually turns up beside you and he becomes your your like mentor in how to, gotcha. how to actually plate it all up. Okay. So he is the god of uh, the ghost of sashimi. <laughs> <laughs> the god of war. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> ghost of sashimi. Okay, yep. Ghost of Sashimi. Uh, all right, so I don't know how to make sushi or sashimi, so uh, we'll have to. I mean, there's rice and seaweed involved. There's often, filleting. There's lots of lots of pretty cool things that you can do. Okay, so is this is this become yeah essentially like a VR cooking game? Yeah, a VR cooking mama, but with s- sushi as the main. Okay. Do we bring in narrative elements with your grandfather then who yeah, is teaching so. you when you find out his backstory? You know, here's when I came up with the recipe for the teriyaki chicken sushi roll. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even eat sushi, so I couldn't even pull the name of one. And it's like, we find that the that the Westerners love this sort of stuff. They don't really love the... (laughs) Yeah, it's totally about this Japanese guy coming over to America and, like, appealing to their tastes. Oh, yeah. His dilemma of selling out versus, you know, his own culture versus making money in America, Mm -hmm. um, struggling with his uh, legacy. Hmm. But I I don't know. I think there could could be a bit of stuff in here in, in the fact that, you know, you're trying to find out what actually happened to... Your grandfather, like, he he's kind of hazy about his past. Yeah. All he knows that, you know, he woke up one day and he was he was a ghost. And yeah. you're you're the first person in the family that he's actually been able to talk to mm. in in, you know, the years since he since he passed. Because like you've essentially you're the first one who's taken up the the mantle of, you know, sushi chef. Uh so 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 is it this thing where you know, it's sort of like the will, you know, had been had been lost and then finally read, and then turns out that this this sushi knife that he actually had has been given gifted to you, like gifted to you, and and it's all about the fact that the ghost is actually somewhat entangled with this with this with this knife. Mm. Yeah, it, that's n- cool. Not in the fact that he was killed with a knife. It's just this was his no, prized no, no. possession sort yeah, of, of thing. And- no, I don't think he needs to have died violently or anything like that. Uh, again, I feel like this is a somewhat introspective game and just more telling his story and, and learning about your own character in different ways and connecting with someone. Well, um, having some through- awesome sushi adventure along the way. Well, that's it. <laughs> through through fun mechanics of, of learning, you know, rolling uh, seaweed and filleting fish and- yeah, making different rice. sauces and cooking rice, and you know, trying to trying to appeal to the Western palate as well. <laughs> well, maybe that's a decision that you make. <laughs> Do you want to go traditional? Do you want to go Western? You want to sell out? Um, yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. All right, I, I reckon let's do one more. Let's finish okay. off with one you, more. You, you do one more. It won't be it won't be too long, but we did talk about this one sort of before we started it, so I like the idea of where we could go with it. Animal Crossing New Horizons. <laughs> I forgot that we talked about this. <laughs> now, we did mention this as essentially Frogger <laughs> yeah, made new. So, I'm picturing, I'm picturing Frogger, but like on a spherical like world, like kind oh, of a okay. Mario Galaxy X-, X thing where you can see the horizon. And so, uh, you can't see, you know, what's coming necessarily. Mm. Mm. Okay, so the original game of Frogger, like basically, if I remember rightly, l- the story was more around um, while I don't know the fro- the frog was in some sort of hibernation or something like that, and came came to be, and they built a, a massive six lane highway in between where where he was in the swamp. I didn't even know there was a backstory. I, no, so I believe there I was, it was something just like that. A like, frog getting across a road and a river. Yeah. Um, so I like the idea that that basically this is a new 
you know, super highway or something like that. And, and effectively, or, or maybe maybe it's on a new planet. And that's why it's spherical, you know, they've, they've sort of, <laughs> I'm imagining now all these different animals crossing, like, because it says animal it crossing. It is animal it's not, crossing, it's not just frogs. So, it's it's kind of like um, Crossy Road Galaxy, if you know. <laughs> uh-huh, yeah. So, are we adding anything to the gameplay or is it straight up? Yeah, there's a narrative mode. Four directions. <laughs> you can talk to people. There's conversation trees. There's um, conversation trees. You have trees. to click through them real quick, otherwise you'll get hit by a space car. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, th- I think all these different animals are trying are trying to you know live live their life, but because the entire planet has been turned into like this massive, uh. It- into you know, like connected intergalactical highway, of- highway sort of thing yeah. that you're you're dealing with pla- with planes going through at light speed and that sort of stuff. So by the time that you see them coming, you've already been turned <laughs> into mush. <laughs> Come on! I just had an idea though because we talked yeah. about Animal Crossing <laughs> that you, you you start as the frog or yeah. frog like creature or frog bot or something. I don't know. Whatever. Um, you're crossing the road and then you get to the like the median. Or one of many medians, yep. and you find the penguin. Yep. Now you've got two animals that you have to stop from getting squished, and essentially this has now become frog across with snake. <laughs> <laughs> Every time you pick up more animals, you're getting higher scores, but it's harder to dodge all the stuff because not it's not just oh move up one to get out of the way of an oncoming car it's like oh shit move up one and move five to the right to get them all off that lane while still avoiding the other vehicles because yeah. you've got five animals behind you <laughs> i think that could actually work kind of well yeah and i think you've got some narrative stuff happening in between that you know oh yeah the the idea being that you know you just got to get you're one animal across, and it's not quite the difficult uh, the difficulty of, of like your crossy road or anything like that. It's more around once you start getting more and more and more, like trying to keep them all alive and, and move mm. forward enough and, and keep yeah, them well, all moving. Maybe within it is the that time you, can, and- you can get them to their destination and then you lose one off the end. So it's not snake where it's like you're literally endless, endless, endless every time you pick something up. But you do get score multipliers for the more you have. So, I'm sort of picturing almost levels and they are these spherical levels where you've got, okay, this level has four animals on it and you can take them one at a time and help them home one at a time if you like, Mm -hmm. but you won't get, you know, you won't get the high score because the high score is basically, you know, spend as much time getting around with five different animals as you can, which is way more difficult. Yeah. And then drop them all off at their homes one by one. And then it's like, okay, like teleport to the next planet. Uh, so, a bit more of an arcade sort of thing. Um, but you could have narrative stuff in there as well, explaining things along the way where it's like, oh, you meet this particular uh, animal and they tell you what's happening on their planet or, you know, how they got lost. Yeah. I think it's a pretty cool idea. I think, yeah, and that'll be a fun one to prototype, Frog frog Across with Snake. I feel like that's one that hasn't been uh, a combination yep. of classic uh, gameplay that hasn't been explored. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think I think on that note, we'll, uh, we'll end our episode. Uh, golly, we got through a bunch of games for mm-hmm. Game of Last Year, our, our new annual reward, uh, awards show. So, yeah, thanks for joining us this week on BitStorm. If you want to find us online, you can go to podchaser.com slash BitStorm. Find all of our previous episodes there, including our previous Game of the Year episodes where we, uh, as Trevor said earlier, took suggestions from our listeners for uh, ideas for made-up Game of the Years, as well as all of our other shows. Yeah. And we're also part of the 8-Bit Collective and this is a group of podcasters uh, who are doing podcasts around gaming and pop culture and uh, a lot of other things. So, go and check them out at 8bit.net. We'd also like it if you could check out the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network, a group of awesome Australian gaming podcasts. You'll find news, reviews, some weird and wonderful podcasts like 
platforms and pitfalls. They've been on our podcast before. So go check them out. Look for the Australasian Gaming Podcast Network on Facebook or at AJP Network on Twitter. And finally, we'd like to thank Kurdos for the use of, use of the song Mount Defiance off the album Containment Failure. That's right. So thank you again for joining us this week on BitStorm. I'm Ben Slinger. I'm Trevor Scott. And I think uh, Disney movies uh, would be a lot different if the dog was named Hades. Come here, Hades. Help me bring these souls to the underworld. Ha, 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 ha.